in, in your role, if you're delivering and, and taking opportunities to engage with a wide range of people, you kind of never know when those people are going to show up. And the broader your network, the more um, you know, shots on goal ultimately you're going you're to be able to have, if you will. Um, and, and that's going to create the, you know, as you build your network of relationships, you know, in your career, it becomes more and more important, those, those relationships to be able to, to tap into, whether it's you're looking for a new job or looking to hire people into a job. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, interesting to, to see the connections and how you can, how you can leverage them. Welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. Hey there. Welcome back to Life Science Marketing Radio. As always, this podcast is sponsored by the Association of Commercial Professionals Life Sciences. The ACPLS annual meeting will take place in Philadelphia this year on October 19th through 21st, and today's speaker will be a keynote at that event. You can register for the ACPLS annual meeting at acp-ls.org. Now let's get on with the show. Today my guest is the Senior Vice President of Global Sales for Patheon, Tom Selig. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Sure, it's my pleasure. So, um, the topic for today is networking and professional development. And um, so, first, tell me a little bit about Patheon and your role there. Sure. So, Patheon's a leading contract development and manufacturing organization, CDMO. Um, companies uh, about two billion dollars in revenue, almost nine thousand employees. Um, we provide drug substance and drug product, both large and small molecule, um, in a variety of development and commercial manufacturing formats for pharma and biotech around the world. Okay. And tell me a little bit about about your role. I come more from the research side. Okay. Uh, and so I'm still learning about the service provider side. Got it. So, yeah, so, you know, we, we engage with companies starting in preclinical all the way through clinical development into commercial manufacturing. You know, my role is global head of sales and business development services, which means I have responsibility for building relationships with customers. You know, again, l large pharma down to small pharma. We work with about 400 different clients. So engaging with um, you know, my team engages with clients all around the world helping identify their their either development needs or commercial manufacturing needs and working with our internal teams to find creative solutions. Got it. All right. So let's let's start with development, Tom. Is there one thing in terms of development that's been particularly helpful to you in your career? Um so yeah, in my career, you know, I've been fortunate, I guess, to have a variety of opportunities. Um, you know, I've, I've always, um, you know, seek situations where I can continue to develop, continue to grow, expand my um, knowledge base and in places where I can really add value. You know, and for me, it's, you know, the, the, the two things that you really have to be um, you know, 
considerate of when, when you're thinking about an opportunity in, in development is, is it something I really enjoy? Am I passionate about it? And is it something where I can really make a difference and, and, and add value and contribute? Nice. So do you have a, can you give an example of something like that? Um, yeah, sure. You know, this, um, you know, this, this opportunity for me. So I've been with Patheon about 15 months now. I was previously with Covance, a large uh, contract research organization. You know, when I looked at the opportunity with Patheon, you know, the, the CMO industry is going through a, a radical transformation that the CRO industry went through five to 10 years ago. So for me, it is an opportunity where I could step in and, and almost, you know, look back into the rearview mirror and say, hey, this is something I've already experienced and be able to learn from those lessons, be able to apply it to the current situation and hopefully, um, you know, add, add significant value to, to the company and to the, to the team that I'm leading. Right. So what if, what if I were to ask you about looking forward? And I'm not asking your specific plans right now, but when you're, if you went back several years, do you have a way that you, you look forward and say, these are the things I need to do to, to push my career in the direction I want to go, whether it's learning new skills or connecting with the right people or taking on projects? Do, do you typically have a plan for something like that? Yeah, so, so you know, it's a couple things. First of all, you have to understand, you know, what's most important to the, to an organization, right? And, and understanding that, and then understanding your role in helping create that value to the organization. And if you're delivering at a high level and, and you know exceeding objectives year in and year out, that's going to enable, um, you know, ena- enable that growth. And so typically, I'll, I'll look at a role with a kind of a, a two to three year horizon. And say, you know, almost kind of think about what do I want to be in in two years or in three years from now, what do I want to be able to look back and say that I I was able to achieve, right? And and what will be important to me and what will be important to, you know, executives at my company and what will be important to people in the industry as a whole. So kind of keeping that, keeping the end in mind, um, you know, I guess I've been very goal-oriented throughout throughout my career, but thinking about where I want to go and then what do I need to do in order to achieve those objectives and staying focused on those things and not letting kind of other things distract you or, or get in your way is you know, kind of, I guess, how I've, I've always tried to operate. Right. I like that. Um, I like those two words for me come up often and I like to tie them together for people. So one of the important things about goals is avoiding distractions. So. Yeah. You know, it yeah, helps you focus on what you're going to do, but also what you're not going to do. Yeah, it's, it's a challenge, right? Because you have to prioritize your your time. I mean, for any any executive or any you know person in in the role today, it's you know it's it's easy to worry about a lot of different things, especially with think about all the different technologies between texting and emails and. You know, social media and, and lots of things out there. You, you can you can get wrapped up in and lose sight of, of the the primary um, you know goals that you have. So best you can to, to eliminate the noise. Focus on what's important. Um, you, you know, and and you, know, you need a couple lucky breaks along the way as well. But um, you know, if as long as you're you're delivering upon what 
is being asked of you, um, you know, much, much will line up in, in the way of, of enabling you to have additional opportunity and growth. Right. Well, a lucky break is the reason we're talking here today, because when I interviewed Chuck Drucker a little over or a little less than a year ago, that's led to this whole thing that I'm involved with. Um, and he's really driven home for me, the importance of networking. I mean, he seems to be the master networker. Um, but tell me, tell me how networks played a role. Networking has played a role for you. Yeah, it's it's been huge. As I think about every new opportunity that I've had, I'm just thinking about over my career, and thinking if this is true. Um, each successive role I've taken, whether it's with the same company or whether it's a different company. There's always been kind of a relationship or a connection who was important in my previous role, who ends up either moving on or being in a position to you know, hire me in. Right. So, you know, a specific example: um, a guy named Mike Lehman. I worked with at Covance. Um, we were in different divisions. He was leading our preclinical division. I was leading sales for the clinical division. We worked closely together on a couple projects and, and um, you know, governance committees, things like this. And Mike ended up coming to Patheon about two years before me and reached out and said, hey, I've got a role that I think you, know, you might be interested in. One thing led to another, and, and here I am today. So, you know, in, in your role, if you're delivering and, and taking opportunities to engage with a wide range of people, you kind of never know when those people are going to show up, and the broader your network, the more um, you know, shots on goal ultimately you're going you're to be able to have, if you will, um, and that's going to create the you know as you build your network of relationships, you know, in your career it becomes more and more important those those relationships to be able to to tap into whether it's you're looking for a new job or looking to hire people into a job. Um, it, it's uh, you know interesting to to see the connections and how you can how you can leverage them. Yeah. So, is it a conscious effort on your part to to think about building your network, or is it something that people like you are just naturally good at? Because, or where do you fall on a spectrum? Good. You know, I'm I'm definitely extroverted and not afraid to, you know, if I'm at a at a reception to to meet new people and, and engage it. So I don't know if I'm conscious about it. There are certain people. That I'll make a mental note of saying, "Hey, this person, you know, I really like what they stand for, or I, um, you know, re respect some of their you know, points of view or perspectives or, or some of their accomplishments." And if I don't know them well enough, I'll, I'll try to go out of my way to find an opportunity to reach out to them to to engage and, and get to know them a little bit better. Doesn't always mean that hey, I think those that person's going to be important for my career later on. I just you know, we'll do it naturally because I, I like to ask a lot of questions and learn about people and learn new things. And in, in doing so, you know, you kind of naturally, you know, one thing leads to another and you meet some other people and just keeps building upon itself. But so I, I'd say you know, it's part natural, but it, and if you're less natural at it, then again, try to find those people that, again, you really respect and, um, you know, or, or, or people that, hey, they're just really interesting. I'd like to get to know this person a little bit better, find a reason to, you know, hey, can I take you out to lunch and pick your brain? Or, you know, will you take a, a 15 or 30 minute phone call so I can ask you a few questions? 
you know, most people are, are pretty open to and receptive to those kinds of requests. Yeah, I like that. And I personally favor this kind of network. Honestly, we're doing my favorite kind of networking right now. I mean, I, it, it turns out that podcasting has been a phenomenal <laughs> networking opportunity for me. But absolutely, what's um, what's possible now with things like LinkedIn and and other opportunities, as you just mentioned, you don't have to be someone. So I'm not one of those people who's comfortable in a room full of people, like going into a group and talking. But I'm comfortable here, and I'm totally comfortable reaching out to an individual on LinkedIn and just saying, hey, you know, we have something in common. I'd love to ask you something. Like you say, picking out the people that you think um, you would just – you know you could learn something from rather than hoping to bump into the right people in a room, even if it's full of possibly the right people. Yeah, you know, LinkedIn is a is a really powerful tool, and, and you know, I leverage it quite a bit. You know, I'm getting you know on average, you know, maybe a you know a few requests a week for for new connections, and I'll probably make, you know, maybe maybe not 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 that many, but you know, I'll probably do a, a couple new requests a month. You know, whether it's just people popping up, or I've seen somebody or somebody I know of, you know, I'll, I'll reach out and, and and try to connect. Um, you know, the the other comment I guess I'd make is. Uh, it's interesting. Maybe it's just as I'm getting older, the um, the the convergence of your professional and personal life. Right. Yes. So what what do I mean by that? You know, I'm finding people that I'm you know personally friends with, and whether it's you know father or mother of one of my kids, um, you know, friends or or you know someone that's in my neighborhood or, or whatever, you find that more and more often. You're seeing. I'm seeing people that are in similar spaces that are in, um, you know, adjacent or, or parallel industries that I'm reaching out to more and more often for you know, input, advice, recommendations, or, or, or just you know, general networking. Nice. So let's let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the ACPLS annual meeting. And so for people who haven't heard um, of the ACPLS, it's the Association of Commercial Professionals for Life Sciences. And this organization is all about what we've been talking about here today, development professionally and networking. So you have spoken at the last couple of annual meetings. Where where does the ACPLS meeting fit in your world? Like, what do you get out of it? Yeah, so you know, it's a really interesting opportunity to engage with people from very different backgrounds. Right, you know, most conferences these days, it's either focused on you know, a particular function, <clears throat> a particular you know, therapeutic area, a particular you know, segment of the industry. Um, ACL, um, ACPLS enables that as well because it's all around commercial professionals in life sciences. However, what it brings together are people from big companies, from small companies, from marketing, from sales, from um, some uh, providers and some some you know either device or, or pharma companies. So you and some senior executives and some you know people more junior. So it really gives kind of a broad cross section of all people centered around um, commercial topics in the life science industry, which. You know, to my knowledge, it's the only venue that enables enables that kind of interaction. 
I think you're right. And um, what do you think? So I, I went to the meeting last year for the first time. I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, and no one will be surprised to hear me say that. But <laughs> yeah. um, what what I find interesting, and tell me what your thoughts are, like sometimes it would be hard for someone in our industry to share a challenge that they're having, right? Because there's kind of a shall we say we're all living in sort of a competitive cloud and kind of afraid to reveal what something maybe we shouldn't. Um, and I don't know how to, how to say this, but it's, but the meeting in my opinion gives people an opportunity to listen to a speaker and then talk about the topic that was just covered and their experiences in, in a way that they might not reach out to someone and say, Hey, how have you solved that problem? Do you get that sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, not to make this you know, about me, but last year my, my topic was one that, you know, I, I shared kind of the, the, the vision for our commercial sales organization here at Patheon and the approach that we're taking to kind of reach and, and attain that vision. You know, in the majority of other settings that I'm in for conferences during the year, you know, usually I got a room full of competitors or a room full of clients and I wouldn't feel comfortable sharing that kind of information. You know, at the at the event last year, you know, I, I looked around the room and as people from a wide variety of backgrounds I actually felt more comfortable talking about it and there were a lot of great questions that, that came up that that I really was excited and, uh, and passionate about talking about. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Were there any questions that made you uh, think differently about what you had just presented even? Um, I don't know if there are any. You know, some people definitely had a different perspective about, you know, based on the, the, the background that they came from. Um, I don't know if any of the specific questions did, but certainly some of the other presentations that I, I sat in on um, caused me to pause and think about, hey, are we really analyzing – you know, our effectiveness the the right way. You know, so I brought back. You know, I, I asked several of the speakers for, for their um, presentations or, or their notes or even a couple follow up questions that I shared in, in, within my organization. Nice. So certainly, an individual would go and listen to these presentations and have discussions with other people and and take away a lot from the meeting. Why? Why would a company consider sending, you know, maybe a team of people to this meeting? What would they be looking at and hoping to get out of it? Yeah, so, um, you know, depending on whether it's a very specific, you know, topic, hey, there's a person who I know is presenting on this, you know, the the three or four of you should go listen to to them speak and, you know, maybe maybe they're working on a, a work group together and it might be an opportunity for them to get some different perspective of how to get a breakthrough idea you know that that could be one one example where, where you'd send a team um, you know while, while the networking's advantageous I think it's really the skill development and the fresh perspective that you get um, that that's you know, probably in my my view at least one of the most beneficial aspects of the meeting so any any group that's looking to try to gain that that insight, um, you know, could could consider attending as a uh, you know as a unit or as a team or or for several people to have a you know to to get a similar takeaway 
that they could then bring back to their organization and, and hopefully solve a problem maybe more effectively. Fantastic. Um, so is there or are there any other um, valuable takeaways or benefits to the meeting that I didn't ask you about? <laughs> like, what? Yeah, you know, and it hasn't necessarily happened in the past, but one of the things that I know is actively being considered, I don't want to um, give away any uh, – <laughs> any ACP, ACP secrets if, if there's not yet a fully big plan but um, I'm on the um, strategic advisory committee and one of the things we're thinking about is a um, more dedicated training regime that could be specifically for you know whether it's a sales or, or marketing uh, individual so it's you know many many companies today that that have you know let's use sales as an example sales organizations are looking to build competencies and skills for their teams. So presentation skills, for example, could be one. I'm just using that as an example. Could be one area where you know it's not really any competitive um, advantage for companies in different industries to have similar training for how to be a more effective presenter. Right. So, right. so by having that type of an offering at the at the event and whether it's at the, the general session annual meeting or whether it's in a series of, of separate trainings, you know, I could see tremendous value for people to gain that, uh, gain those skills, uh, perhaps have even an accreditation that could ultimately be used for, um, you know, future de- development, right? So that's, it's an area that might be really kind of an emerging area that may be really of interest to to potential attendees. Yes, and you bring you bring up a great point that um, first of all, the value of the organization is not solely in the annual meeting, and and I don't. It is no secret. I I'm pretty sure it isn't now that um, you know being able to provide that kind of training with an industry specific angle on it um, for people in our community is one of the things we're working hard to to bring to the table. Absolutely. Well, Tom Selig, I want to thank you very much for the time you've taken to uh, talk to me today. I think this has been really useful. Um, it's been really educational to me, and I think a lot of people, anyone listening to this, is going to learn something about um, thinking about how their their career development path and um, the value of networking, as well as um, possibly attending the ACPLS meeting. Yep. So thank you very much. Well, thank you, Chris. Great, uh, great getting to know you. We didn't know each other before, so networking, uh, networking in action, I guess. And, yes. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully this will be useful for um, you know someone out there. And uh, you know, thank you again for for the opportunity to talk. My pleasure. Great episode today. I want to ask you one favor. If you are enjoying this podcast, first of all, you ought to be subscribed. I hope you've done that. But what I really want to ask you is. If um, if you're enjoying it, tell two friends. Find two people that will get value out of listening to the types of people I'm interviewing on this podcast and get them to listen, get them to subscribe. The bigger the audience, the more people we can attract to speak and uh, the better it is for everyone. And with that, I will wrap the show and I will talk to you in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening.